Welcome back to Draft Vice. Oh my God, we got Ricky again. It, it, it's, he's wearing the exact same clothes That's in all three weird. episodes. I uh, so am I, by the way. Yes. This could either be same day or it could be several weeks apart where I used a washing machine. Yeah, right. Uh, and but they're all coming out the same week too. We just record these over the... I just never put any of them out. We just record them all at the same time. Kept them in the vault. Yep. But we got Ricky back in. Why? Because it's draft week, and we're doing a preview, a draft preview of four teams, the AFC West. Why? Because Ricky's a fan of the Broncos, so that's a big part of it. Um, also, I never really touched much on what the AFC West did. I did do one short video mm -hmm. on the Raiders, yep. but I never really touched on what the Chargers did, the Kansas City Chiefs, what they're going to be looking for in the draft. By the way... They did a big thing this week. Uh, we'll talk about that really quick yeah. in the beginning. Um, they traded a – I'll pull it up, in fact. Uh, they traded a first-round pick for Orlando Brown. Now, that sounds like a lot, but what they got is they got a second-round pick back. And I'll pull it up right here. Kansas City got, a, uh, got Orlando Brown, the offensive tackle from the Ravens. Uh, the Ravens' 21 uh, second-round pick, pick 58, and a sixth-round pick. And what they gave the Ravens was a 2021 first-round pick, number 31, so basically they swapped picks. Uh, a third-round pick, number 94 this year. A fourth-round pick, number 36, 136 this year. And then a 22 fifth-round pick. yeah. So, not bad. Uh, we it, probably should start out with the Chiefs just because of that issue because yeah. it's a big part of the news. It may seem like you know a lot at first, but like this is, this is a move they needed to make. I mean, you're a team that's already a Super Bowl-caliber team. Um, Patrick Mahomes has had his times where he's been banged up, although not, not, not in the case of someone like Joe Burrow. But um, you, you worry with regards to just keeping him safe for long term because he is your offense. You need to give him time to get it to all those weapons that you have. They've invested a lot on the offensive side of the ball, and you want to be able to keep that machine rolling. So I, I, I don't have a problem with this move at all. I think you need to be aggressive, especially now, because I think they're thinking – we. We could win next year. We can yes. win the next three years. We just need to just make sure we sure up that line even better. I know they made a, a good signing with uh, Tooney. Yes, Joe Tooney. That's big, but I don't think you can ever uh, protect enough. And particularly when you have Clyde Edwards-Alaire, too, he's actually a good inside runner. You know, you want to be able to showcase his skills and, and really keep the defense guessing. If yes. you have a good running team, which Orlando Brown could be very helpful in that, 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 is, that is really going to put teams um, – uh, force them to come up a little bit more and then you know you just give Patrick Mahomes some time and he, he he's going to make a lot of problems so I'm upset with this move yes, because it's making it very difficult for Denver but um I understand it so here's the good thing right Orlando Brown very good left tackle for uh the Baltimore Ravens played right tackle previously then played left tackle this year fell in love with being a left tackle why because his dad was a left tackle raised him to be a left tackle said son you're gonna grow up to be a left tackle and he turned into a really good left tackle I don't think he had a choice with the size he was gonna be yes so here's the thing though he played left tackle for the ravens who ran the ball like 60 something percent of the time right. so it's very he had i think i think 40 percent of his pass sets were true pass sets a lot sure. less than the typical tackle in the nfl so with uh, with Orlando Brown, he's now going to a team that's going to be throwing the ball way more. I like this move for Kansas City because they needed to upgrade a tackle. They, you're right. They signed Joe Tooney. They now get to pair those guys next to each other in an offensive line, which is going to be sexy. Uh, I will question maybe the chemistry around that offensive line because um, I will say that that offensive line is all brand new pretty much. Yeah. Remmers is back, and he'll probably play right tackle yep. back to where I think it was initially last year. 
when uh, when Schwartz went down. Yep. And they swapped him to left tackle in the, the Super Bowl. Big mistake. I think that was part of the reason why they lost is that they he lost chemistry of being on the right side, swapped him to the left side. So now they looked at how they lost last year. They got rid of Fisher. They got rid of uh, um, Schwartz because Schwartz was a lot of money tied up in a back injury that he might not be coming back from. They need to get under the cap. Now they could pay new contracts out and mm-hmm. structure them differently and hope that once the, the cap goes up, next year that they will be able to uh, be able to afford some of these contracts. Joe Thune, they signed to a massive deal to be their left guard. Um, I think one of the highest uh, free agent contracts for a left guard too. So it was a little interesting that they did that, but there is a value to that. I think there is a, an underrated element to really high level play at the guard position. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, and this has actually been kind of uh, a mentality of both the Patriots and the Steelers, where they've actually invested more at the guard position yeah. sometimes, at least money-wise, than they have at tackle. And that's how they got guys like Nate Solder to play pretty well. Is why? Because the interior three were really good. Correct. You know, you think about with the Steelers, and they had DeCastro and Pouncey when he was younger, before he was just throwing balls over, uh, over uh, Ben Roethlisberger's head. He was actually able to play center. Um, they used to have Ramon Foster. So they had a really good interior trio for quite a long time. And particularly, um, you notice that quarterbacks really struggle with that front-end pressure. Yes. And I think, you know, you see that with Tom Brady. He struggles when he gets off his his midline, his center line. And that could be the case with Mahomes, too, because if you you create a pocket, people can step up in the pocket. If you collapse the pocket— that's where it can be a little more of an issue. And I know they know this from the reverse because Chris Jones is great at that. Yes. So they see what he does to other people, and they say, oh, let's stop other people like Chris Jones from doing that to us. Yeah, so, and, you know, think about it, Aaron Donald effect. Like, everybody loves Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald is probably the most valuable player on the defensive side of the ball. Why? Because he is rushing you from the interior, and you just cannot block him. Whatever, he is a bowling ball full of knives, and you just cannot stop him. That's, now you have guys who at least give you a shot of stopping dudes like that. Now, they don't play in the NFC, so luckily they don't have to deal with Donald, but they do deal with other, you know, uh, interior rushers in the, uh, AFC, so n- none quite as good as Donald, but there's very few who do. That's a real knock on Shelby Harris, but yeah, I'm sorry, he's good. <laughs> Listen, Shelby Harris is really good. I, I apologize. I think that was an underrated sign. We'll talk about that. He's very a little good bit. at batting ball through the line of scrimmage. Yes, um, but now their their offensive line looks a little bit more complete. You know, last year we dealt with a lot of injuries. Like I said, Schwartz and Fisher. Fisher's now being on the market. Uh, for people to go ahead and hit up and be like, "Yo, Fisher, do you want to play for us?" And they're all like, "Yeah, we'll go ahead and." Uh, We'll see how your uh, your Achilles is doing. So, offensive line looks like it's set. Mm-hmm. Um, still a lot of new guys. That's where I thought they might draft initially, but now it sounds like well, now they're they drafting can, later. They can yeah, exactly. So you can turn into other positions. Yes, uh, probably wide receiver. They lost Sammy Watkins. They love speed guys. You know, they love wide receivers. There's uh, they gonna, always want playmakers. If you, if the past couple years they've just been drafting wide receivers. They're going to take Anthony Schwartz at like pick 64 Good. and like they'll have four guys who can run I don't know two. when Dwayne Eskridge is supposed to go. I like Dwayne Eskridge. There's certain guys that I could see Kansas City being like, "You know what? If we're going to make your lives even harder." If Eskridge wasn't 52, I'd love him even more. You you just hate old people. I it's you know what? It's being a Browns fan and that starts becoming ingrained just into you. Brandon Whedon. Like just yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> no. All, well, Brandon no, Whedon ruined it for everybody. That's part of the guardrails of the the team now is like, oh, we don't, you know, age matters. And like guys who are older, it's not that there's not any old prospects that turn out to be good. Calvin Ridley got underrated because of the age. And that's part, you have to look at why a guy is not popping because of age. But part of age is, listen, when you're 24, 25, you should be dominating 21 and 22-year-olds. You've built your full-grown man body. So you, you worry should. how much more you can develop to at that point. Yes. You get a 20-year-old kid, you're like, wow, there's potential there. And second contracts, being able to extend the player, get him on the cheaper deal for the second contract if you're extending him when he's on his third year of his deal instead of extending him at the end of the fourth year of the deal. Yeah, it's all you valid. Know. Yeah, so there's a lot that goes into the age thing. But Dwayne Eskridge would be a good role player here because, again, he's a guy who could take the top off of defense – uh, did deal with some drop issues, but to be honest, I still liked. I I didn't think it was. I I still think he tracked the ball well. I think he was yeah. a fine player. Um, I think he'd be a good fit for them in the draft. Uh, they could also, I think, corner. They could always go defensive back. Always go defensive back. They 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 need to because you have to understand. Yes, they have some good safeties, but with regards to the corners, I know they had given guys play above their value. Yes. Like the past couple of years, but a couple of years ago, their issue was. Anybody can throw on them. Anybody can score on them. Denver was throwing on them. And I don't even know who their quarterback was. I think it was Trevor Simeon. So my point is that they really need to focus on that because they have such a high-powered offense that teams are trying to match them. Yes. Teams are trying to go out there and spend and get – Denver's drafting receivers left and right. Okay, you got Justin Herbert in your division right now. Mike Mayock's insane. I mean, uh, uh, John Gruden's insane. So, like, you don't know what he's going to do. Maybe he's going to trade up and get Trevor Lawrence somehow. He's just going to give every draft pick for the next 10 years. You never know – What's going to happen? Because they are in an arms race right now, so they need to be prepared to defend that arms race in the event that they can't win that track meet. And I'll say this. Uh, who beat the, the Kansas City Chiefs last year in the regular season? The Raiders. The Raiders and the Chargers. Now, granted, the Chargers played them the last week of the season and beat them, but they also almost beat them in the, the, earlier in the season, yes. too. Both those teams have given them already a good run for their money. In And, by the way, they both ha did not make the playoffs last year, but they right. really gave the Chiefs a run for their money. Yeah. Um, I think that the Raiders are going to take a step back, but we'll talk a little bit about the Raiders later on. Um, but I, yes, corner makes sense for them. There's a lot edge of good value makes sense in too. the second round too for them. Edge, edge rusher. rusher never doesn't. Um, you know, they. I think they re-signed Taco Charlton, who's been. You know, he was formerly of the Dallas Cowboys. Okay. He's not preventing you from doing anything. Frank Clark has not been great for them. He's had moments where he looked okay. Like, usually he looks okay in the playoffs, but he takes a nap during the rest of the season. Yeah, you need a more consistent player. And, and again, like we said, just flood it with edge rushers. It's going to – I mean, you got Denver with their questionable quarterbacks. You want to make Justin Herbert uncomfortable. It's I'll say this. It does seem like Spagnolo likes these man coverage guys who can – and gives them the opportunity to blitz. Mm -hmm. Having that great safety tandem of Juan Thornhill – and uh and tyron matthew and then every once in a while playing daniel Sorensen, so he can you know just be daniel Sorensen, just sitting back there but you know the other guys that they have uh you know like again they got some value out of some late round corners who they got to play a lot of grabby man coverage in which looks fine against guys who can't separate and don't have a lot of speed when they started playing teams that had like legit speed and size like say when you're playing the tampa bay buccaneers and they got mike evans Mm -hmm. And you know Scotty Miller, who's running four three, yeah. and Godwin, who's a ankle breaker, and then Antonio Brown, who forget is a legend. Uh, you're you're trying to beat guys and trying to cover guys who already can separate really well, and they're gonna make the grabby corners look bad. Yeah. Like that's when you can that's when you get all the flags thrown on you is when you start grabbing people and the guy is like if you could do that to Jarvis Landry, you might get away with it. 
You do that to a guy like Chris Godwin, he's going to break your bones, and you, it, it's going to be noticed that, hey, wait a second, uh, I'm hanging on to the back end of Mike Evans' jersey. I got to go ahead and figure out something. Like right. uh, They're going to start throwing flags left and right. So I, I think corner, big need. Uh, I don't know if linebacker's truly a big need. They might want to go, again, like edge rusher. Yep. Uh, I again, I think everybody thought offensive line was going to be the big need that they were going to hit in uh, in the draft. I I think now when you look at offensive line, they signed Thune. They're okay. They got Remmers. They brought They'll him. They'll probably back. draft more later just to get depth. But they also have the Lucas Niang coming back, yeah. who opted out last year, who also had some injury concerns. And they have Lawrence Duvernay Tardif, who's probably coming back as well. He went ahead and became a doctor and was helping people with COVID, doing some real things in the world, folks. Yes. Um. I think wide receiver, though, also, because they just love drafting wide receivers. And, again, they lost Sammy Watkins. I don't think Demarcus Robinson's preventing you from taking anybody. McCall Harmon has not developed into truly what you would hope he would be. Byron Pringle's been fine for them. He's been better than I think expected. Yeah. Uh, Maybe a developmental tight end for eventually when they get rid of Travis Kelsey because he's he's getting old. We're just adding weapons. I mean, two tight ends on the field. I mean, New England's always been a fan of that. They, they're doing it this year. So, like, I, I feel like that can open up a lot more things for Kelsey as well. There's definitely been a tight end proliferation in the NFL uh, when you look, uh, you know, just around at what other teams are doing. Uh, 12, 12 personnel is the new 11 personnel. Yeah. As much as we think that they need to draft something maybe on defense to kind of balance it out, Andy Reid loves his offensive toys. He's going to find a way to, 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 to make it work and be creative. And even if he has eight receivers, he's going to make sure they all get in the game and they all contribute. Uh, other than that, though, I like just don't draft another running back. Yeah, they're, you know, it, it, the problem with a team like this, they're so complete, which kind of makes it fun to talk about because they could do anything. But it's also uh, – it can limit us in terms of, well, you know, they don't really even need to show up to the draft. Yeah, so – and maybe they won't. Maybe they will literally take the weekend off. You know, they could do with another D-tackle, one like more of a, a run-stuffing D-tackle. Yes, yes. Um, but that's not a – you know, that's not a high-value position. No. Um, you know, it's more usually a pick that's like third, fourth They'll round get one range. Deeper. Yeah, it's a deeper position in, in most drafts. Uh let's go to you want to touch the Broncos last or we can whatever you want to do next. Listen, this is your show. I'm just here. Uh who did we talk about? Let's talk Raiders, because I feel like they've had some of the, they've had the weirdest offseason. Get rid of the offensive line. They got rid of Gabe Jackson. They got rid of Rodney Hudson. They got rid of Trent Brown, traded them all for a bunch of late round picks. Except Rodney Hudson got a fourth uh, got a third rounder for him. I think that was a pretty solid move on their they end. Keep cognito. They they, they caught him and brought him, brought him back. Brought him back for like a lower value. Yeah, so they have incognito. The Colton Miller, they extended him. That was a smart move. He's developed into a good left tackle. Um they brought back Denzel Good. Uh, they talk about Andre Smith like he might be a human being that might be a great center, but then they also signed Nick Martin, formerly of the Texans, mm-hmm. who was a surprising cut actually last year. Yeah. So I, I'm a little shocked that he got cut this offseason, but that, that, I think that was a smart move on there. Right? That was like one of those times where they went, oh, that might be a little bit of arbitrage there. Uh, so s- offensive line-wise, I think draft, like I've been pegging 17, you know, Tevin Jenkins, the uh, offensive lineman, mm-hmm. right tackle yep. of Oklahoma State to them like every time i could if he's not there and i've done a couple of mock drafts where i've had him go higher uh if you watch the midnight monday mock draft uh check it out it's they're all the episodes are still up online so if you just have a night where you're like you know having a nice uh, sip of champagne and you want you know you're you know taking a bath you could play me in the background because i'm sure that's relaxing (laughs) 
Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, so offensive line-wise, I think is their number one need. They still have to assess – they have to address that massively in this draft. Sure. I think right tackle is a big need, especially after trading away Trent Brown to yep. the Patriots. Uh, I, I said before, Tevin Jenkins. There's other guys who they could take. Um, Darisaw, if he's there at 17. Um, Samuel Cosme is more of the athletic kind of dude who might be more developmental kind of mm-hmm. ish. Where, but I don't think he also didn't really play right tackle all that much. He was more of a left tackle. I think more teams are going to be eager to draft him for left tackle. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas Seven Jenkins played primarily on the right side. I think that's going to make him very valuable to the Raiders. Uh, I, I can't see them going any other direction than tackle. They spent a lot on defense. Yeah. They brought in uh, Solomon Thomas. Yannick Ngakwe, yep. they brought back Damon Harrison, they cut Maurice Hurst, the horrible human beings that they are, that that lovable child of God that he is. Very good D-tackle, very good pass-rushing D-tackle. Was not always the best in the run game, but it was solid. Uh, he was more of a pass-rushing interior D-tackle. Now he's with the San Francisco 49ers. Mm-hmm. Um, they brought back Zay Jones. They signed uh, John Brown after losing Nelson Aguilar. I thought that was a smart move. Correct. Uh, Nelson Aguilar went for like twelve million a year over to the Patriots, and they signed John Brown for three and a half million. Yep. And they got the better player. So that's what I would argue. Yeah. Uh, now they got a lot of speed on the outside between him and Henry Ruggs. Uh, you're hoping Henry Ruggs takes a step yeah. forward this year. Uh, I still think they could draft a, a wide receiver, maybe like sure. in the third round, but they have a lot of other needs. I think they do. Um, I mean, offensive line makes sense. I know you mentioned a lot of guys. If it's 17, I'm not sure you, they would get guys like like Leatherwood or, or I, I think there would be later on that those guys would be starting to be looked at. And yeah. in the second round, you wonder if they're going to start looking at a Richie Grant, if they're going to start looking at safety to complement Jonathan Abram. So, um, I think yeah, safety. I know that I think they have Jeff Heath, but I, I, I think he's towards the kind of the I don't I don't I think he's kind of on the downslope. I think he's just there to hang out with John Gruden. Right. And, I like, think they're friends. Yeah. Like, I, I think it's just like we're going to drink some Mai Tais and watch the other guys play. I think they like the idea of Jeff Heath because you feel like he came out of nowhere. I think the um, addition of Gus Bradley was a big deal. Yeah. I think that was a bigger deal. I think he was actually the better hire than Dan Quinn to the Dallas Cowboys because I think Gus Bradley's adapted his defenses. Right. Whereas Dan Quinn, at least as far as when he was with the Falcons, did not. So yeah. we saw him utilize guys like Derwin James, which is maybe why, like, if uh, Jonathan, uh, not Jonathan, Jeremiah Wusu koromoa happens to be at pick 17, they might take him because, yep. again, oh, yeah. they have familiarity yeah. with a Derwin. You know, you're talking about a guy who had familiarity with Derwin James. You can now get, you know, him and Jonathan Abrams in, like, the, the area of the field where you're trying to, like, near the, you know, the, the front area of the field, and then you draft, like, a single high free safety and like he- Richie Grant later on. Yeah, that's a good point. I actually that 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 would probably be a pretty good fit for them. Um, I actually like that guy a lot, Wusu uh, Cormea. So we should have talked about him in the safety episode because I I almost brought him up, but I couldn't think of his name, so uh, I didn't want to butcher it. I was like the Notre Dame guy, kind of a linebacker, kind of a safety, yes. little slight for a linebacker, really good athlete, playmaker. Yes, we should have talked about him in the safety episode, but here we are bringing him up now yeah. as a possible person to go to the Raiders. Um, but who knows? He would make my, with uh, with uh, John Gruden. You know, he could he could trade up and get a quarterback. This Micah a, Parsons. This is a, he could he well. Let's see if Micah Parsons is there. But he he can trade. Oh, you think Micah Parsons is going earlier? Listen, I don't see how if Denver's sitting there and the quarterbacks are gone. If they because I don't think they're trading up. We'll talk about Denver in a little bit. But I think Micah Parsons goes there. Or I I, I think I don't know if he makes it to seventeen. Well, I was thinking they take Jeremiah Usukoromoa, but yeah, because I, I think I would rather take the guy who's a little bit better, at least in coverage, and is also, 
I, I listen. I get it. The Micah Parsons, as far as athleticism goes, is off the charts. Yeah. Um. There is a debate though that JOK is the better linebacker ish player. Um, Depends on what you want because the yes. slightness does worry me at times because Denver has always been a team that has gone for slighter linebackers and it was very helpful sideline to sideline. It was very helpful in coverage, but they would just get smashed in the mouth in the run game. Five yards, six yards, seven yards. And a lot of it was because they get up on they get up into the body of these these smaller linebackers and they just move them around. And you know, it's I, I now maybe he his strength can make up for it. Yeah. You know, sometimes we put too much stock on the size, but like how strong are these individuals? But I think Micah Parsons is one of the more safer guys. He's the best pure middle linebacker in the draft. Yes. And uh, I mean, he, he could be like really a field captain. He just the questions with him are outside the lines uh, to some degree, but yes. I don't even know as much about that. I just know what I see on film his explosiveness, his willingness to hit. And and to be honest, his blitzing uh, too. his blitzing. But the the issue with him is almost what makes him great is his aggressive play is his aggressive play. Yes. Maybe overrun some things, maybe jumps on that first run read a little too soon. Again, that's something that could be coached up, barring maybe some of these uh, commitment issues or, or whatever they think might be the issue. But the guy the guy is a stud. Yes. And I, I would bang the table for Micah Parsons any day of the week. That's why I don't think, in my opinion, he should get to 17. I, I understand that. Uh, I think the off the field is going to be the thing that makes him fall past 17 right. if he does get down that far. Uh John Gruden would be the guy to not care about that, though. Correct. Yeah. Although so, it's weird because when they first came in, they seemed like their whole thing was character guys, character guys, character guys, and then they went and got Antonio Brown. I'm not saying he's a poor character. And Richie guy, Incognito. But and Richie Incognito. They could just start a bullying fraternity I, I, together. I, I, I just, I don't. One week they're thinking one thing, one week they're thinking another thing. It's hard to put your. I, I wonder if it's a, if, a, if it's a, if it's a tiff between Mayock and Gruden to some extent on that. But oh, yeah. It's just funny because it's one day it's one thing and one day it's another thing. Gruden's the guy in charge and Mayock's the figurehead. That's how it goes, I right. think. Um, but, yeah, they brought in Yannick Ngakwe, who I actually think was a good signing for them. Yeah, you've been I, saying his name for years. Uh, yes. Well, because he's got a fun name yeah, to yeah, say. Yeah, you like his name. I don't even think you like him that much as a player. I think you just like his name, so then you convince yourself you like him as a player. I do like him as a player. I think he's a very good edge rusher. Um, they finally have a solid edge rusher. Cleveland Farrell was kind of a little bit of an overdraft. Um yeah. They and they had the option to draft John, uh, Josh Allen up that way, not the quarterback, the defensive end, and uh, I they probably would have been better off that way too. Uh, who, they also have another edge rusher who's actually been better for them. Who they oh, drafted they, in the Crosby. third round? Yes, Max Crosby. Crosby, very good player, very good player. So really a problem actually. A very high motor, good in the run game, good in the pass rushing game. Um, one of the things that maybe makes you think they might not go linebacker is they did sign Corey Littleton last year. They seem to take guys from the Rams and make them bad, right? They did that <laughs> with uh, Lamarcus Joyner. Yep. Now they've kind of done it with Corey Littleton. Um, they, Nick Kukowski was fine for them. He did what Nick Kukowski kind of does. He was solid, not great. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, you know, I think they're fine in that regard. I think corner, I don't think they're looking to spend a pick on corner early. No. Um, they saw because they drafted uh, two corners back to back years in the top two rounds. Yeah. Uh, Trevon um, uh, was it Tra Trayvon Mullen two years ago. Yep. Damon Arnett last year. Um, Razul Douglas, they signed in free agency. He was formerly of the Eagles. So all three of those guys, I think they're going to try to I, they'll maybe draft a corner later on in the draft. Yeah. But I don't think it's one of their I don't think it's one of their top two picks. Do you think he considers trading up for a quarterback? There's been talk that they've been actually monitoring the quarterback situation. 
Um, if, if Trey Lance starts to fall or Field starts to fall, Trey Lance maybe because he might like Trey Lance. He definitely likes Trey Lance. I can um, see him liking Justin Fields too. I think he, I think he probably likes everybody except Mac Jones. That would be my guess on. Really, Green. you yeah. don't think he likes Mac Jones? He has Carr. What? What? I don't know that That's they're. That, true. I, I think yeah, they're okay. very different people. Like I think that the people that he likes, like it sounds like he's not that happy with Carr. He's okay with him, but he's. It frustrates him how limited Carr can be. Yeah, I get that. But then they they really didn't move off a of car when they had the opportunity to move to Mariota, especially when Carr was injured last year, and they probably could have said, listen, we're going to sit you a week, we'll play Mariota. And honestly, Mariota probably would have won them the Miami game, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know. I, he just also might be feeling the pressure, because even though they did have long deals, you're talking about he's getting on the back end of those deals now, and they have only they, – they really haven't performed. You know? Yes, I I think though with May I, I think the first thing's gonna happen is they'll fire Mayock, and that'll be the first sign of the the falling of the dominoes. Um, but I I do agree they might start getting a little nervous. You know they came in here that team was actually a pretty solid team for two years before they got there, and it's been a weird roller coaster back up and down. They and start off very good. Yes, every year, and then it's I don't know if Gruden's wearing people out if it's a coaching thing because they're good at scheming but not adjusting. Because it seems like by Thanksgiving, they fall apart. I think keeping Paul Gunter was too long was a big problem. Now, it might have led to an advantage of being able to get Gus Bradley as your defensive yeah. coordinator. So that's a good thing. But you should have moved off this guy long ago. He was not right. good. He wasn't even good when he was the D coordinator of the Bengals. And yep. by the way, he had Marvin Lewis behind his ear telling him what to do. Yeah. So I, I just don't. I, I think that was that his management of people has not been great. Correct. Um. And again, he's worn on people. They did bring back Carl Joseph recently, which was yeah. interesting because like they yeah. kind of forced him out of the building. Yep. He went to the Browns, played okay on the Browns, had some injuries. And I liked Carl Joseph for a while. I think I he just... fits better in Dan Quinn's scheme. Yeah. Not Dan Quinn, uh, Gus Bradley's yeah. scheme as that kind of Cam Chancellor kind of role guy. Yeah. So I I think for Gus Bradley, it was it's a perfect situation. I think he, mm-hmm. it, that cover three. Uh, they'll utilize them in a couple of different ways. I still think safety is a big need for them, but I think it's safety further away from the line of scrimmage. That yeah. might be the reason why I don't think they go safe. I, I think they'll go free safety. I think they're not going to go towards like a you know either strong safety, and they might not go, they go, not go JOK. Yeah, and they might not go for JOK either because of that. Because it depends point. on how teams view JOK. If they view him as a safety. You know what is he bringing you that Carl Joseph and uh, Abram is and Abrams other than maybe better in coverage to be honest he's yeah. da- he's probably better than either one of them in the slot but if you're drafting him who are you taking off the field at what time so um, they have Jonathan Hankins they brought him back Solomon Thomas was an interesting signing in free agency he's coming off a torn ACL yeah. did not work out very well top three pick yeah. uh, for the 49ers. Um, might give an opportunity. Seems like the Raiders and the 49ers trade players a lot. Like they don't actually trade them, but they it seems like a, they're close. To, it's the proximity of the two teams. So probably. they're probably looking like, "Hey, now the Raiders are in Vegas, but that's still not the worst." Correct. Like it's not like going from San Fran all the way to Cleveland. You're going from San Fran to Las Vegas, which is not a horrible situation to go no. to. Um yeah, so uh they brought in uh who else did they bring in? Cianic, Cleveland Farrell, Nassib. Nassib's still there? 
Was he given? He must be given. What's his name? Leaving and coming back. I feel like he, like it's almost like they're like ah, he's leaving, and then he just ends up signing. I, I don't know if he's not getting interest elsewhere. I think he's just giving uh, Gruden financial advice. That maybe That's what it yeah, is. I think he's, he's talking about economics the whole time. He's just his financial advisor. So, where do I see Raiders going? Offensive line, first round, safety, the second round. That makes uh, sense. Wide receiver, even again, interior offensive line too, because again, they have an interesting running game now, so they want to be able to bolster the offensive line as well. So. Well, that's the other thing is they've always been based – they've been a very big uh, – what's it called? Like a big run-heavy team. Now, it's funny. They were going through that whole thing of Mariota, and Mariota lowered his contract hit so he could stay with the Raiders. Yeah. But part of that was he got a no-trade clause. And I think part of that is is because he wants to stay closer to where his family is, where Vegas is closer than, say, you know, New England to Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And his father's had some medical issues over the years, so that's been a big thing for him. Okay. Um. I could see them maybe addressing wide receiver later in the draft. I don't think it's going to be an early priority, especially after spending a first-round pick on Ruggs. Right. Um, but you got to see development from Ruggs this year. And I also don't think – like, I think – it's funny because I think when Ruggs was on the field, he did open it up for them. Yeah. They, they did actually have a better running game and a more efficient and he's passing always gonna game have when he's there. Because, you know, it's just – when you have somebody with that level of threat, I wonder if the threat wears off a little bit the worse he plays. But um, who knows? I was a big fan of Rugs coming out. Who knows? Maybe it's a you know just they brought back one, Zay one Jones. Off year. Yeah, they have Hunter Renfro. You know, Mister Third and Six and whatever. So yeah. I think that'll be fine. Um, other than that, I, I don't really have much else to say about the Raiders. I think it's kind of the definition of the middle. I just Correct. don't like how that team operates. No. Uh, I was listening to something the other day where they said they might take Barmore at seventeen. I could see that happening. An yep. Alabama guy, defensive tackle. Um, that actually might be a good pick for them, which I'd be shocked by that. Yeah. <laughs> which they do that every once in a while. Correct. Go to the charges. All right. They've had it's pretty straightforward. Right? Yeah. Um, we got our boy, Justin Herbert had a very good rookie year. You want to see him continuing to develop, uh, currently on the roster. They have Keenan Allen at wide receiver. Uh, they just lost Hunter Henry. They have Mike Williams there. Uh, offensive line wise, uh, they just got rid of Trey Turner. They brought in Matt Filer, Corey Lindsley to be uh, the center and guard over there. Or it depends on where they want to play Filer. They might play Filer at tackle. I think he'll be an okay tackle. I actually think he played better at tackle when he was in Pittsburgh anyway. Right. Um, so maybe they'll kick him out the tackle, or they'll have him come in play guard, and then they'll have Corey Lindsley, Matt Filer, and uh, Brian Bulaga, Pouncey because uh, what's it called? Mike Pouncey retired in the right. offseason also. Uh, they still need to shore up that offensive line. I like, think badly. Where they're sitting, I mean, there's always a possibility that somebody really slides, and I don't see them moving up. So, like, Elijah Vera Tucker makes a lot of sense in a lot of people's draft boards to where they are. The issue with Elijah Vera Tucker is a lot of teams are just going to look at him as a pure guard. It's true. Um, USC guy, and he is probably a better fit at guard. I think there's going to be people who talk about maybe you should give him the chance to play tackle. And he was very solid at tackle. He did play tackle but this year. But the worst year. case scenario, you have a really good guard. I think he's an all-pro level guard. And I think right. teams are going to think like, well, we could have an all-pro level guard and we could figure out the tackle situation. We could put somebody else there who could at least be somewhat average. Yep. For instance, if you say draft Elijah Vera Tucker and you have Matt Filer, well, if you have Matt Filer at left tackle and Elijah Vera Tucker at left guard, you now have a good wall right there. You do. That's So yeah. you at least know Filer can play tackle. Um, you'd still have to figure out your right guard situation at that point. Uh, but I, I think that would be fine for them. Correct. Uh, they still, have to, uh, but again, they, 
a couple of other offensive linemen, you know, maybe Slater falls to them at that point. That's a very big possibility. Christian yeah. Darasaw could also be there for them at 13. Mm -hmm. There's been talks recently that they might trade up into the top 10 with the Panthers to get Penny Sewell. Sewell. That's what I was thinking. I wasn't sure if they'd move, but I could see Penny Sewell being the one that slides a little bit. Well, they got aggressive last year. They traded up at the end of the second round into the first round. They traded their third round pick to get Kenneth Murray. Yeah. So they aren't afraid to be aggressive. In fact, I think that's how they ended up with Melvin Gordon the one year. They traded up with the Rams to get us. They traded their future second round pick and a fourth round pick that year to go get uh, Melvin Gordon. And then eventually, you know, that, that ended up being a pick that was part of the Rams trade to go get Jerry Goff. Right. So they aren't afraid to be aggressive. Tom Telesco has been there, I think, forever at this point. I think it would be smart for them to make a real play on Penny Sewell if he started to slide. Because, like you said about Elijah Vera Tucker, very talented. But if you really want a bookend, 10-year, protect the quarterback's blindside left tackle, I think that is Penny Sewell. I think he's the most talented uh, left tackle in the draft. I know a lot of people like Slater. I, I mean, I, I, I think you're good with either one of them, but I have a tip to be a big fan of Penny Sewell. Well, what about this? If Penny Sewell does go off the board, and now you just have Slater there, and you're a team that's like, listen, we, got our, we don't think we have the left tackle of the future on our team. Right. Um, we tra you know they trade up and they get Slater and then Slater would be because you want to grab him before he hits that weird line of the Dallas Cowboys who might right. be looking at the future, the Giants who are you know who constantly need offensive linemen. Offensive line, yeah. Uh, you know you have the the Eagles who could also go offensive line. There's going to be a line of teams before you get there, and then even teams that could trade up ahead of you. You might right. see Slater as the best guy by a mile. You trade up and get Slater. Yeah, I think there's a it's a good offensive line draft, but I really think those top three guys are kind of like in it in in kind of a category of their own. Yeah, Slater and Sewell, and then it's like it depends on how I like Tevin Jenkins a lot at right tackle. Well, yeah, if you're talking about strictly tackles, yes, I, I like I, I like uh, Tevin Jenkins. Uh, Elijah Vera Tucker's again. I think a lot of teams and a lot of people have him as a guard. Um, I think it's a good draft class for for tackle and guards in this year. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Eichenberg is going to be a guy yep. who I think maybe goes earlier than people expect. Alex Leatherwood um, probably is one of those guys that had a down twenty twenty yeah, end of the. Yeah. Uh, so he probably is not looking as high of a first round pick as he initially did. No, but he I still think he goes in the first round because the I end, think there yeah. will be a run on tackles in the middle of the end of the first round, top of the second. There will be a run on tackles. Yeah. Um. I also think it's a possibility they don't take tackle in the first round. It Yes, that is also a real big possibility. And one of the things, and I don't know how you feel about this, but you have to still be um, Justin Herbert-centric. Now, you can make an argument that they should really focus on corner, and there's a lot of talented corners that, that will be available to them at the pick they're currently at in the first round. But again, if you want to give him even more weapons, if you're not looking straight up to protect him right away because you think you can get some sort of a quality tackle later, yes. then I think someone like Devonte Smith could still be there. You know, especially because he did weighed in and everybody's freaking out about his size, but you pair him with somebody like like Keenan Allen or like or like any anybody else that they have on that team that's a little bit bigger, you, you know, I think I think that could be a good fit for them. Keenan Allen and Mike Williams and yep. uh again like I I agree. I think wide receiver is a very big uh portion in play and you're at corner as well. Right. If JC Horn falls him at 13 Hard to get a guy who can maybe be like your Jalen Ramsey of your defense. Uh, I think you know Brandon Staley would love that uh, wide receiver. If Jalen Waddle falls to them as well, because people uh -huh. might you know some teams might be a little squeamish on the ankle on Jalen Waddle. Remember last year we all thought wide receivers were going to go in the top ten, 
and they didn't start going until after the yeah. top 10 it's, because teams feel like they can get a value in the second and third round. I think round. them and the Giants are both kind of like, do we get corner? Do we get offensive line? So I think they're going to be thinking along the and wide receiver. I think they're going to be thinking along the same lines. I, I think the Giants don't need another corner. They signed a Dory Jackson. They have James Bradbury. They have Logan well, they'll Paul. Be looking I mean, at wide Logan receivers. Thomas. Logan Paul did his whole thing. Logan Paul. <laughs> they have Logan Ryan. Logan Paul is successful in getting into our brains at this point. Yes. He's, he's made his is. way onto an NFL draft podcast. Yes, exactly. Um, uh, Well, he, I think he's also a big Browns fan, to be honest. So uh, so shout out to him, at least. Um, he grew up in Westlake. Yeah, and you grew up here. So yeah. who, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Right? <laughs> yeah, you're you're from Nor you're from New Jersey, and you're a fan of the Browns. Well, you know what? That's not what this podcast is about. It's about the AFC West, Steve. I mean, confusing Ricky. everybody. You live in New Jersey. You're going to New York. It's the hot. Browns, it's the hot light. So we're in the leather jacket in the the spring, but this is how we just record the show. Yeah. Dear God, it's gonna be we weird for the live show. Me wearing this leather jacket for four hours. Yeah, you're gonna be soaked. Yep. Anyway. Um. So yes, back to uh, what the Chargers are gonna do with their draft pick. Uh, again, I think I think corner and in the first round is still an opportunity for yeah. them. And I could see them trading up from the second round into the first round, kind of like what they yes. did last year, to grab a falling player that they see like, oh, this is their last shot at a Particular, guard or a tackle. Yeah. Get an Alex Leatherwood. Get a Liam Eikenberg. Get a guy, especially because, like, I know there's going to be teams that w are willing to trade back. The Colts, for the sure. Browns, the Packers. They're teams that are built off the trade back. And, again, and, uh, the Ravens as well would probably be interested in trading back. So there's going to be a bunch of teams at the end of the second round where their whole draft basis is is building up draft capital. Sure. And they will definitely trade back. That's why I see the Chargers a potential one to trade up. Um, I might even do an episode or a video one day where I'm just talking about the teams I think that could trade up in this draft class. Okay. Um, but again, so I think the Chargers are definitely an opportune team to do yep. that. Uh, there's also interior offensive line in this draft class is very big, too. Um, I don't know what necessarily the offensive scheme they're looking to do mm -hmm. in uh, in L.A., but there's a lot of guards, a lot of, you know, there's quite a few centers. Creed Humphrey is going to, I don't think they'll draft a center because they just signed Corey Lindsley, but Creed Humphrey is going to be uh, a potential one. Quinn Marins technically did play guard, even though a lot of teams are looking at him as a center. He's a very athletic guy. He's coming of out of Whitewater. So, uh, offensive line, I think they will address. I don't think they necessarily address it in the first round. An edge rusher might be an underrated thing that they address in the first round. Uh, Quiddy Pay at 13. Mm -hmm. I think Quiddy Pay has that range of going from anywhere from where the Giants are picking to the Vikings. Mm -hmm. And I think those that's his sweet spot. If you were, uh, Could he fall past that? I think if he fell past the Vikings, it's a little bit of a far fall. But I think if he goes in that, thir that, that 12, 11, 12, 13, 14 range, mm -hmm. I think that's his perfect spot. Um, outside of that, uh, defensively, right? They got got rid of Hayward. Um, they still have yeah, Derwin James, but Derwin James has dealt with a lot of injuries <laughs> over the years. Um, they still have Chris Harris Jr. there. Yes, I think older. as of right now, yes, still getting older and should be a slot. So I think that's one of the reasons why they need to bring in more corners. Yes, they brought in Mike Davis. Or they kept Mike Davis and they cut Hayward. So they, they extended Mike Davis to a three-year deal. Um, he's been an okay corner for him. I think it's partially how he fits the scheme for Brandon Staley. That's why they extended him and brought him back. Um, they still have Joey Bosa, who's the Bosa with the best Nosa, the biggest Nosa at least. Um, but I think you know you still need a guy to draw a little bit of attention away from him. Yeah. Um, they started using last year the D tackle out of Notre Dame as a an edge rusher at certain points. Uh, 
you know, especially as Melvin Ingram got, you know, injured and didn't play as much. They kind of lost him to free agency. Yep. Maybe they bring him back. It's not like impossible, but I think it's starting to sound very unlikely. Mm-hmm. I still think that's maybe why they go edge rusher at some point in this draft class as well. Especially because Staley does like playing a lot of that off coverage. You know, right. we're going to mix it up in coverage, and we're we'll going to scheme up our edge, ru- scheme up our rushers from uh, different angles. They also might like Christian Barmore. Yeah. You're talking about, you know, Staley's coming from a defense where they had Aaron Donald. Yeah, that's a good point. Barmore, you know, there's a lot of talk about Barmore being a top 15 pick. Barmore would not be a bad, you know, mix up into that little defensive tackle rotation. You wonder how much of it he has to say. And, and then how that'll play out in the draft process because I can see the owner being like Herbert, Herbert, Herbert. I do think that might Protect be part Herbert, of it. Give Herbert weapons. And 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 again, when you have a draft that has very deep corners um, and there's decent edge rushers, they might think they can get them a little bit later. Yes. So, again, I think offensively, they, they can't go wrong with ever with ever pick they go with. Right. Um, I I think, yes, you're right. It's all about protecting Herbert, uh, getting Herbert in the right situation. But they also got to really make sure that that defense works. Because, again, you brought in Staley because he was a great defensive coordinator. And he can think both from an offensive and a defensive perspective. Uh, Any final thoughts on on the Chargers? No, fuck them. Just, yeah, fuck them. Wow, that was uh, cool. Oh, they still have, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Easton Six still on the team. That's nice to hear. Uh, yeah, I don't see anybody. Uh, Bulaga still there. Storm Norton. Nobody who's really. Trey Pipkins might be their left tackle. That'd be scary. Uh, Uchenna Nuosa has been a solid player for him. Jerry Tillery was the guy I was thinking of where they kind of started playing him a little bit on the outside. Uh, Linval Joseph was a guy who they signed last year. So they got a couple of D tackles, but, uh, you know, aging D tackles too. So let's get, let's get to the real meat and potatoes of this draft class, right? Sure. The, the true star of the AFC West. The whole reason why Ricky is here. The Denver Broncos, right? So with the Denver Broncos comes the typical question that always comes with the Denver Broncos fans. What's going on with Drew Locke? So I'm a personal believer in Drew Locke. Um, I I think that he's had 16 starts. He's had injuries. He's had, um, you can argue, like, how much of a fair shake that was given. Had a lot of change as far as offensive schemes in college. Had a lot of change as far as offensive schemes in the NFL. He's been in this system for a while now. So you would hope that giving him another year with Pat Shermer, whether it fits his skill set or not, understanding the same play, play, uh, playbook, developing with his young receivers. I know Cortland Sutton was hurt last year. You know, more should be made of that. Um, their offensive line played better than originally thought. Garrett Bowles played particularly well. But um, I think that there's a lot that goes into why Locke hasn't played really up to par. He wasn't really healthy much last year, even when he came back. Yeah. I mean, that was a pretty rough injury to his throwing shoulder, and um, he was able to play through it. Now, what I would say is what he showed in those last five games at the end of the year was encouraging at times. He's a little bit of an ad-libber. Uh, he's a little bit of a guy that relies on his arm, um, doesn't always make the best decisions because he relies on that arm so much. But you see the talent there, and if they could just fine-tune those things and get the chemistry down with some of those studs they have on offense. I just saw something recently where I think it was Pro Football Focus ranked their roster, you know, not taking into account the weight of the quarterback as the sixth-best roster in the NFL. Yeah. So, I mean, they have weapons. So I don't see any reason why they can't be successful with Drew Locke. And if you look at his numbers through his first 16 or 17 starts, whatever it was, they're a little better, some would say identical, but I'd say a little better than Josh Allen's were. Now, 
thing is, Josh Allen benefited from somebody who was able to like a, a like a transformational offensive coordinator who was able to kind of use him to the best fit. But also, some of that was also just development and time. And yes. I think he's been look. I, I don't know what you make of this. It might just be optics. He's working with Peyton Manning. He has been in the building every day, 5 a.m. He's at least doing the right things you need to do to succeed, whereas there have been other quarterbacks that have come out where you've really had to question their commitment. With Drew, yes, you question his maturity because he, he dances on the sidelines every once in a while. You know, some people are a little unfair to him. I don't want to name names, Colin Coward, but you're acting like he's <laughs> he's he's Baker Mayfield running from the cops, or he's Johnny Manziel. Hey, he, wait a second. He keeps throwing those names out there. He brings up Baker Mayfield running from the cops as if it has anything to do with Drew Locke dancing on the sidelines. Or Drew like Lock, it has anything with Baker Mayfield's play in the NFL, where correct. Baker Mayfield's actually been good the last but, year. But he compares him to guys like that with Cam Newton and the maturity and all this other stuff. I'm like, Drew Locke has had no off-the-field issues. He's had no character issues. His teammates do go to bat for him. Yes. Like, there are plenty of times where guys come out there. I mean, with the exception of some of them campaigning for Deshaun Watson initially, mainly because Kareem Jackson was friends with him and played with him. Yeah. But it's also Deshaun Watson, the talent it's, level. Yeah, it's so a So it makes thing. sense. But uh, Justin, uh, Justin Simmons, a lot of them have come out to back Dalton Reisner. They've come out to bat for their quarterback. And there was there's an energy that he brought at the end of last season mm. in 2019 that was palpable. It was It was noticeable. And uh, he made some teams look really bad. Uh, and, you know, I think that, again, when you're coming into a situation where you were hurt most of your rookie season, you rehearsed a little bit last year, yes, you can have questions about their health, a la Jimmy Garoppolo. But the, the point is, I think that this should be his make-or-break gear. You want to bring in a veteran to bring competition? Fine. Even if you want to bring in a developmental question mark, I wonder how that's going to mess with his ego. That's the only thing that, that might be an issue because if Trey Lance is there, they might grab him. If somebody else doesn't doesn't come up and take him, that's so the, that's that's kind of where I want to go with this. First off, let's touch back a little bit on the um the trade interest, right? Like, so they did have yeah. a little bit of interest in Deshaun Watson. They were at least checking in on him. They had a little bit of interest on uh, Matt Stafford, less than originally reported. Yes, there there was some interest there. We don't. They know made it seem whatever. like they were going to give up the farm for him. Well, it certainly sounded like part of their trade interest for wanting to get Matt Stafford is they wanted to keep Drew Locke. Because they think that he's a comp to Matt Stafford. A lot of people have yes. compared him and his abilities and his play to Matt Stafford. Well, even, that is his high-end ceiling. Well, even where he was in college, playing right. in the SEC, had a lower completion percentage than typically you would want out of a quarterback coming at, in the, from college to the pros. Right. <clears throat> Very much a similar thing to Matt Stafford. Um, uh, I, I get that. And it shows that they at least have an interest in trying to keep on trying to develop this talent that they think he could be the guy for the future, yeah. at least for right now. Uh, there might be talks of maybe for them trading for Gardner Minshew. Uh, it doesn't sound like Jacksonville's quite ready to trade him away yet. Yeah. Um, I think if they had signed Alex Smith, they would have done that. Yeah. Um, so we'll see where they go as far as their veteran backup going into next year. I think regardless, they need a better backup. Yes. So whether – I know Teddy Bridgewater was floated out there in the past. Like There are, there are people you could bring in where it's not necessarily going to be a huge, oh, my God, this is an indictment on Drew Locke. It's yes. more or less to help Drew Locke and push him during that time. Whereas if you bring in a guy like Justin Fields, who could arguably play right away, that might—I mean—you're going to get people clamoring if Drew Locke struggles for two games. Put Justin Fields in. We spent the number nine overall pick on him, so I don't think they plan on trading up. Is another thing I'd like to say. There I, was initial reported interest. Oh yes, yeah. again, Colin Coward was saying that they have called the Atlanta Falcons. Then they come out, they're like, we haven't now. Maybe that's just them covering their ground there. Maybe that's them playing a poker face. But I also just think that a lot of teams are expecting them to move up, are expecting them to hate Drew Locke, and Patton sitting there just analytically 
evaluating everything, and there's a reason why he hasn't made a lot of the big moves that a lot of people thought that maybe he should have. And there's a couple of different ways you'd look at that, right? First off, maybe there's one quarterback that if he fell, they'd be like, you know what, you got to take the shot on this guy. I think your opinion is it would be Justin Fields that you think that they should take the shot on. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I've talked to you, and we both seem to like Justin Fields and what he can do on the field. Correct, I like Justin Fields. Um, I... I think part of it is is you might just be trying to see what that value is for a pick to trade up. You yeah. might be gauging the trade interest from other teams for interest if they're calling the Falcons. Or I know he called uh, Chris Greer. He's very good friends yes. with Chris Greer, yes. Patton and Greer. Um, goes, they go way back, like salt and pepper. Mm-hmm. But uh, they, they have a good relationship. He did call him recently. He even yes. admitted to that. But it might not be about a trade up in necessarily the first round. There's also other times where you trade during the draft. Right. Um, say there was a player that was falling and that maybe Miami wanted to trade from 18 to 9. Yeah. So there's things like that. There's other – or even, you know, you're talking about the second-round picks. What, okay, where where would you feel about this guy trading up to here? Or how Have you gotten any calls about the sixth pick? Mm-hmm. So maybe you're trying to gauge the market. Yeah. You know, there, I think there's I, – I follow Ben Albright. He's a very good beat reporter for the Denver Broncos. Yep. Uh, I re- recently made a meme of his face, uh, but he told me to do it, so it's totally fine. But, uh, yes, he, uh, he recently said I think he's they're more likely to trade back than yep. trade up, yeah. uh, at least in the first round. Um, and I think he's a very good person to follow if you want Denver Broncos information. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was, he's been the guy who's been pretty stalwart saying that Drew Locke is the guy that they really want to see to develop and play well that they've been interested in maybe bringing in a veteran backup mm-hmm. or a veteran de- like a guy to push him but you know and maybe eventually you know Bridgewater or Minshew or some other guy who you know is like in that mid-round range of like guys you maybe get pushed by uh if the right guy fell to them I think they'd be more inclined to take the guy right so like you're saying Justin Fields I actually think if it's Justin Fields, I totally get the idea. I like it. Good move. Yes. Trey Lance is actually kind of – it doesn't make as much sense Correct. to me. And here's why. Now, granted, Trey Lance has been very good from what I understand in the interviews. Maybe one of the – I think he was ranked as, like, one of the top two interviews Great in the draft class. guy. Yeah. Knows his football, knows his coverages, called his own protections at North Dakota. Yeah, big, so he's been thing. he's been dominating the interviews really well. So maybe they did like him in the interviews. Uh, the issue I would have with that is is that – Trey Lance is not much better of a prospect. He's a bit better. I, I like him. If you were to compare him at the same time at the draft, yes, I would say I like Trey Lance better than Drew Locke. But I don't think that, like, you, he's still a developmental prospect. He would be better sitting behind a Jimmy Garoppolo who's like, or something like that. Or a scheme built for him. Yes. Like, now you're bringing in Trey Lance to be in this Drew Locke scheme coached by Pat Shermer. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like a weird way of setting yourself up to fail. Drew Locke's a weird guy to sit behind too if you're gonna if you're if you're a guy that needs to develop because yes. Drew himself is developing. It's not like you're learning from veterans. You don't have Fitzpatrick there or something like that where you can kinda kinda pick his brain and, and, and see Cam how he Newton. approaches the game. Cam Newton, similar style. Yes. You know what I mean? Like had his ups and downs in the league. You know, when you got a guy that's only got sixteen starts, it's like and that's above and beyond what Trey Lance has because he hasn't had a lot of starts anywhere. But, you know, that is kind of a weird fit from that perspective. Yeah. Whereas I could see Justin Fields, because you're talking yes. about the guy you have two full seasons in the college football play- uh, experience in the college football playoffs, experience at the highest end level, uh, you know, two full seasons in college football. So you're talking about a guy who you've seen quite a bit. Right. Of. But if, the, the idea is if you draft Justin Fields, 
Locke's time in Denver is, is essentially over. They yes. might start him week one. Yes. But my point is that it's not – with Trey Lance, you could see that they're at least trying to develop, although I think it's a weird fit. With Justin Fields, you have a quarterback controversy right away. So moving a little bit beyond the quarterback question and more talking about that number nine pick, okay. right? Fair. We've had a lot of this conversation before, back and forth, like guys who they could probably take at nine. I think previously we both thought corner was definitely the pick. Yeah, and then and then they signed Kyle Fuller in free agency for a one year nine million dollar deal. They signed Ronald Darby for a three million uh, three year deal. Um, I think a ten year ten million a year. So both those guys are on actually pretty reasonable deals for corners. Yeah, and they don't have garbage corners to begin with. They still have Bryce Callahan. OJ Moody had his ups and downs. But, you know, He's only in his second year, too. Exactly. And, and what I'm saying is I don't think there's – like a lot of people were kind of ripping the Broncos' defense apart. I know I sound like really biased, but it's just that, yes, but they also were littered with injuries at the corner and at the corner position. So it made that much more difficult. Where I think they have struggled for years, and I don't mean to interrupt you, but ever since they lost Al Wilson, they have not had a solidified guy in that middle linebacker position. So I would not I, – I want to bang the table for Micah Parsons – to get him if he's there he should be there but you never know detroit sometimes does whatever they want yeah um so yeah i i think that micah parsons is is probably going to be on the board at nine mm-hmm. um i don't know how Patton's going to feel about a guy who's had some of the off the field that uh that parsons has had uh well, specific have, you know or the, in the past couple years they've, they've, they've taken some guys that had some question marks oh they've taken guys with character concerns and question marks off the field i just don't know how they feel about that in the top 10 yeah, fair point Patton's also not the guy who was running the the board yeah. you still had spielman to go ahead and override you so it's it, it fell on spielman's head not Patton's. Mm-hmm. this time it's on Patton's head so i could totally see them going micah parsons i could see them going uh jeremiah wusu koromoa mm-hmm. uh it does seem like that sounds like a bit fangio scheme a fit, a fit. Muzo Koromoa. He yeah. likes those like more slender kind of linebackers. Yeah, and more athletic. He yes. likes guys who could be very good in coverage. Roquan Smith, the reason why people liked Roquan Smith coming out was even though he's about like 10 to 15 pounds heavier right. than JOK, he, he was good in coverage. Mm-hmm. And having that middle linebacker who's good in coverage, and he developed after year two, and then they switched schemes like three different times. Roquan's taking a step back every time they had to switch a scheme, which makes sense. Get the guy to learn one scheme and do it well. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, with JOK, I think it would be a similar thing. You would get a guy in there who you could get him to learn your scheme this year. Eventually, he would develop into the, like that kind of quasi-middle linebacker. He really wasn't playing middle linebacker at, in Notre Dame. He was playing more of a slot corner, quasi-rover, right. safety role, also mixed with a little bit of linebacker. Uh, almost kind of actually lining up more where the strong line, a strong uh, side linebacker would be, the, right. the Sam. So uh, I I like JOK. I think he would fit very much in what Vic Fangio likes to do. Uh, I, I you know you're right. Maybe they would prefer a guy like uh, Micah Parsons who has that weird level of athleticism. Um, really, but again, blitzing is not really a part of Vic Fangio's scheme. Where I feel like if you if you're getting Micah Parsons, the best way to utilize Micah Parsons is blitzing like crazy. Yeah, is getting him utilized as that that rusher. Uh, like that's why I think he he would be better in a in a uh, Brian Flores defense the the New England scheme, uh, you know go to a team maybe again like a team that's be more intrigued by uh, blitzing as far as using their linebackers like that. Um, outside of that, uh, it does seem like defense is the position and it's kind of consistently been the position for for them in the top ten. There's been a little bit of a talk like I mentioned before about a trade back and then maybe taking. Uh, Najee Harris we've yeah. talked about that a little bit before. I do like I, it's intriguing for them to get a running back for sure uh I know Melvin Gordon wouldn't appreciate it because he just recently came out and said he doesn't like splitting carries but uh 
you know, I think that they would benefit from a little bit more of a playmaker at the running back position. They did lose Lindsey. I know it was kind of a mutual agreement to just part their own ways. Fine. Um, I was against that. But again, I, I mean, even so, I think Najee Harris is interesting. If, if, if people start to slide towards the end of the first round, um, running backs, yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they found a way to either hope that they can sit and get them in the second round and make a trade up, or if they could sit uh, or they can even move up in if like Travis Travis Etienne's there or something like that. Like they they might want to double down on that because also again if you do think Drew Locke is the guy, get him some ability to kind of take some yes they especially have, yes. you have Mike Munchak there. Right. He's developed your offensive line pretty well at this point. Correct. Guys who have gotten to year two of his system seem to have gotten very comfortable. Right, two years of him and Mar- uh, Garrett Bowles, he's a different player. Yeah, two years of him and Dalton Reisner, he's turned into a really good guard. Um, you're expecting uh, the the center that they took last year. Schusenberry. Yeah, you're, you're expecting him to maybe take a step forward this year. And they have Graham Glasgow. The big question is that right tackle position, which I could also see them trying to get somebody for. I know they have Juwan James, but ha- do they? So I, I don't <laughs> right. know if, if like what the deal is. Patton's expressed confidence in him. He expects him to start day one. He expects him to play really well. These are direct quotes, um, and maybe he will. But uh, the Dolphins kind of soured on him. He, did, he got injury history. Opted out of this season. Um, so you might play for two years. Yes, at the very least, you need to consider bringing in another left tackle, and there they, and you start to get into that range into the second round, and you start to talk about Leatherwood and Eichenberg and all these other guys that might be able to be good fits there. Yes. I don't. I'm not 100 percent sure, but you know that that might be where they go as well. And Mike Munchak's one of the few guys that if you maybe took a ra- like a round two or a round three tackle, could develop them. Right. You know, a Brady Christensen, if you will. Like, he's kind of actually been already a guy who's very technically sound, but you probably don't think he's going to be a high-end player. He's probably more of a mid-range uh, offensive tackle and a little bit older of a prospect. Um, maybe he can come in. Uh, there's uh, the guy out of Notre Dame who uh, played with Trey Lance. Yep. Um, can't remember his name off the top of my head. Um, Spencer, I think. No, Spencer's the other one. There, there was, like, two really athletic offensive linemen uh, that are tackles that uh, one that came out of Notre Dame and there's Spencer. He's another guy who might go like third or, th- third or fourth round. They might go for one of those guys who are more developmental and maybe try to test them. In fact, that might, that was one of the things that was pitched when they were at Trey Lance's pro day was that they weren't even there for Trey Lance. They were there for the, the offensive lineman out of uh, North Dakota state. Yeah. So uh, maybe they were looking at him as well. I still think they were kicking the tires on Trey Lance though. For sure. Um, why wouldn't you? Yeah, well, I mean, especially reason, you're still in the quarterback market. No matter what, until you yes. are sure you have your guy, and you're look, in the QB I like market. Trey Lance. I like Justin Fields. I like them more than I like Zach Wilson. I like them more than I like Mac Jones. Um, but I'm not a GM. So I think from Patton's perspective, he's sitting there like, maybe he likes them more than Zach Wilson and Mac Jones. Maybe he's waiting to see if they fall to him. And at that point, you might be forced to make a move. Because, again, at the end of the day, it's all about job security, and uh, if you think that uh, you know y- you kind of get to reset the clock with Justin Fields, you know maybe that's a move. But um, I-, I wouldn't be upset. I should say that mm-hmm. I'm rooting for Drew Locke. I think they can win with Drew Locke. I think another year in the system will be telling. I understand the quarterback draft last year is next year is garbage, but um, you just don't know at this point. To be honest, it's true. like people er- come out of nowhere. Kyler Murray was a one-year dude. Yeah. And he ended up being uh, a, a really good player. And, All of a sudden, you know, Mac Jones is amazing. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, even look at Zach Wilson. Nobody was talking about Zach Wilson this highly last year. Part of that was because he was coming off the injury. Yeah. Um, 
go quickly. We're just going to go quickly through the defense because they made a lot of good signings Correct. and extensions. Shelby Harris. Loved Shelby Harris. Loved they brought him back. Uh, thought he was playing way above his value for a long time. They extended Justin Simmons. So my question is, they they kept Von Miller. That was a big question this offseason. Were they going to keep Von Miller? Were they going to let him walk mm -hmm. away? Do you think they maybe draft an edge rusher? No, they're going to draft another edge rusher at some point. But I mean at nine. No. No, you don't no, think nine? I no, know, I know there's been some talk that they really like um, uh, the the Penn State guy. Oh, at, Jason Owe? Yes, as a uh, as kind of a replacement to him. Very athletic, very explosive. That might be one of those guys they would trade up from the second round to get if or I trade a, back from yeah. nine. If I was a betting man, yeah, trade back. If they trade back, maybe that's what they're thinking, yeah. right? You're thinking if they trade back, they're thinking about doing that. They're thinking about maybe even slagging an offensive lineman. That's where their mind might be. There's also some quality linebackers you get up into the 20s. Yes. Okay, like like Jamin Davis and um, Baron Browning. Baron Browning. You know, you, you start to get some guys that can play. I know particularly Davis, I think I've heard they have some interest in. Yeah. Um, they also have some interest in some running backs towards the end of the way. The one out of North Carolina, J Javante Williams. Is yes. I, I think they have some interest in him. You know, pretty He's thick really guy. He's really good. I actually so, – not for nothing. I, I would maybe comp him to Kareem Hunt kind of style yeah. player. I I could see people liking. They got a front liking, row seat with Kareem Hunt for the first couple of years he was in the league. I could see people really liking him and even liking him ahead of Najee Harris because I think he's a better runner than Harris. I think what Harris does better is the pass catching game. Yeah. Um. So I I I, I like him and not I like those two guys. I maybe like Javante Williams better because he has less tread on the tires. Right. So these are all guys that are in play. Yeah. You know, you like I said, I don't think trading ups in the cards. Obviously, if they trade up. You're looking at a quarterback. I don't yeah. think they're up, trading up for Penny Sewell. Um, you know, especially you have Mike Munchak. If you have an offensive right. line coach like that level, it's like bro, you uh, can get yeah, you know, a, a Leatherwood later or something like that, and maybe that'll work out. But if they stay where they're at, I'm thinking Mark Micah Parsons, with the one caveat of Justin Fields falling to them, gotcha. which I think is the most likely person to fall to them, giving everything we're hearing, unless a bunch of the GMs are just. They know something we don't know, and they're like, no, like Justin Fields is way better. Well, I don't know why everybody keeps mentioning Mac Jones. I did also previously pitch to you uh, J.C. Horn maybe going to them. You did. And and honestly, I was all in on him and Sertan going to them early on. I understand they can still draft them even with the corners they've signed. Well, especially because uh, Fuller's only a one-year deal. Right. My one issue with that is is if you're, if you're drafting Sertan, where are you playing him? Correct. And if you're drafting Horn, you could play him in the slot, but he doesn't really fit Fangio's scheme. No, and that's so, why I, I would be surprised if they did that. I think they would maybe spend a second or a third round pick on a corner. They're going to draft a corner much later. Yeah, for sure they're going to draft another corner. They always draft a corner. They're well, going to draft another Patton, edge rusher. Well, Patton's still, you know, he's from uh, Minnesota. They drafted corners all the yeah, time too, so it, nothing's changed. Right. But what I'm saying is, look, it's smart to continue to draft corners and edge rushers throughout the draft, later in the draft. Um, and I hope they focus mainly on offensive line. And, yes, they need that playmaker. I like Alexander Johnson. He's a little limited athletically, but he's a really physical uh, tackler. Um, pretty decent run fits. Played fairly well. Josie Jewell, not so sure about. Mm -hmm. But they, they really need – they lack athleticism at that position is the real big problem. And I really think that Micah Parsons is just – above and beyond anything they've had ever he's the he's their al wilson yeah. al wilson was a a long time linebacker for them for years and years and years and years uh, you know right ranked right under brian erlacher and ray lewis when he played so that really made a difference with their defense for years so i, I they need to share up that position and i'm sure fangio would love it um the other option maybe Jabril cox in the second or third round too those are guys, yeah uh, i think he'd maybe be another one that can maybe they could tag and look into of you know, coverage linebacker, be solid for them, solid athleticism. 
Yeah, see, um, if, if you look at their recent history, that would make sense because they seem to be drafting these developmental linebackers or guys that they're taking chances on. Yeah. Um, there was a guy that they drafted last year that got injured and actually didn't end up playing much, Justin Stranod. Gotcha. I think he was in, like, maybe the fifth round. But the, And Josie Jewell and Alexander Johnson, I believe, is undrafted free agent. Like, they're getting value out of these guys that aren't that good. Imagine what you can do with somebody like a Micah Parsons. Van, Fangio does get the best out of his players. He's not a slouch when it comes to defensive schemes. He's had a better defense than he probably should have, given the cast he'd had for the time he's been there. He gets better out of them. Especially given how injured a lot of the guys have been. Right. I mean, Yes. And I'll also say, if Vic Fangio's giving you the okay on linebacker, then I feel okay with it. That's yes. kind of how I would feel with it. Um, I don't think you need to take a linebacker in the first round to get a good one. In fact, if you sure. look at the best linebackers, I think the top five linebackers last year, I forget what stat it was. It might have been in PFF grade. It might have been something else. But if you looked at the top five, none of them were drafted in the first round. Yeah. Um, so linebacker is a weird position uh, where you can get later. It's actually one of those positions I just feel like it's a hard eval because you're not seeing them go up one-on-one -on -one against another position. Corner, you see them go up against a receiver. Safety, you might see them line up against a tight end. That, that's another one where it's maybe sometimes the eval is a little bit harder, mm -hmm. but you're seeing them in roles that maybe you can understand. Yeah. Edge rusher, you're seeing them go up against an offensive lineman. Same thing with D tackle. Uh, you know, running back, you're seeing their vision. There's 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 ways linebacker, especially way linebackers played and the way linebackers coached and it's schemed up. It mm -hmm. you might not be looking at the same thing. Uh, so the last note on this is wide receivers. They drafted Jerry Judy last year. Mm -hmm. They have Cortland Sutton. He's coming back from injury. Mm -hmm. uh, KJ Hamler they had picked up. Uh, I think they kind of made a big risk with this when they went ahead and went all very young at wide receiver. Yeah, expecting a young quarterback. Yeah, that was kind of my big why worry. I think it's unfair that Drew Locke's getting this evaluation as well. There's no veterans there. Yeah, they shipped Emmanuel Sanders out. You know, it's um, you know, I get it. They speed and athleticism, and this is a unit that's very like. I mean, you throw Noah Fant into that mix. You throw Albert Okwebunum, or however the heck you say his name, who played with Drew Locke in college but was injured last year but showed some promise. Yeah. I mean, in the few games that he did play, this is a team that's pretty successful. I mean, you, I, they still – The they tight have, ends they, I really like. I like the tight ends. a lot of depth at tight end. Um, Tim Patrick played pretty Jake well Butt's for still on the team. Is he really? I think he is. Look. Does he still have an ACL? He still uh, – I just want to double Does check Does he still this. have knees? Jake Putt and Troy Fumagalli are still there. Fumagalli I really liked in college. Yeah. Don't know who Austin Ford is, but he's basically a fullback. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Jerry Judy showed his ability to get open. Like, that was yeah. the weird thing. He had a weird down year. He had quite a few drops. Um, but Tim Patrick. Dude, is... he was just getting free. Like, uh, he was getting open. I mean, the guy can run routes. Yeah. Flat out run routes. Um, and yes, you got to get him the ball. But, you know, Brett Rippin, you know, we're, we're trying here. Yeah. Um, and Tim Patrick came on last year, did really well for them. Um, yes. So, you don't think wide receiver is an issue for them? Do you think maybe they go for maybe. A speed guy, maybe like uh, like again, there might be a guy like Dwayne Eskridge, maybe no, I, in the second or third round. I actually thought they might even consider trading one of their wide receivers, whether it's in well, this draft. Deshaun Hamilton's been that discussion recently. People were trying to convince me that they should trade Deshaun Hamilton for Njoku, and I'm like, I don't think the Browns want that. They don't want to do that. And if you're gonna, I, I was literally saying to trade Cortland Sutton or Tim Patrick. I mean, you can get a lot of value out of Cortland Sutton if you think that Tim Patrick has played it as well. I, over the, I would argue that Sutton's much better. But if you wanted to get good value, there are teams that would be interested in Tim Patrick. I mean, he didn't drop a ball last year. I forget I mean, that Royce Freeman saw on this roster. Yeah, well, you just look overlooked that. Well, Every, everybody should overlook backs, I'm yeah. just assuming we don't have any. Yeah, right? Like, yeah, that might be why they're looking at Najee Harris and Javante Williams. It's like Monte Ball reincarnated. Yeah. I, the wide receiving room looks interesting. It looks like a lot of guys with a lot of potential. Um, 
Like again, KJ Hamler has that crazy speed. Yeah. Judy's getting open he came left on and at the right end of the year. Deshaun Hamilton concerned me. He's a very good route runner. Not not a good hand. He was he was. I don't know if it was a nerves thing. I don't know what it was, but he, he was having issues with drops. So I'm. That's also why I think they have to bring in a veteran because you have to get a guy in there in the QB room and in camp. Yeah. To be able to, you know, I I've noticed this veteran QB backups, guys who are very high level QB backups, lead to better um better play from their their starting quarterback yeah and there's actually i think been a, i think somebody did a study on this and it might have been pff study because they do a whole bunch of those uh if you look at the veteran qb backups the higher end ones i think part of the reason why their their starters play better is because in camp the wide receivers are getting thrown to and they're getting thrown to by a guy who knows the playbook, right. knows what they're doing. So if you get like a Case Keenum as your backup quarterback, or a Gardner Minshew who, hey, he spent time learning the playbook, he you know he got to learn the the scheme. All right, he's a he's a pretty accurate quarterback. If you're if he's throwing against pennies and in the wind, these guys are learning their routes. They're learning how to adjust the ball. Mm-hmm. So I do think a veteran, a high end veteran backup, Teddy Bridgewater would be a good one. Love, love Bridgewater. Love that idea. You loved Bridgewater coming out. I remember that. I did. You were a big Bridgewater fan. He's got T-shirts and, with Bridgewater's face on it and his torn up well, knee. Well, Patton was there when they took him. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, so the familiarity is yeah. there too. Uh, I would say Case Keenum, but I don't think you know Denver wants him back no, ever, and I don't nice. think he wants to go back to Denver. And the Browns are, are okay with him being their high end backup. Uh, and, and and by the way, if Baker gets injured and then like Case Keenum leads them to a Super Bowl. Like the statue's the same height anyway. That's a good point. So people could just be like, "Is that Baker?" No, Baker didn't play. It was Case Keenum. You just tell people it's Drew Brees. Yeah, it was Drew Brees the whole time. We just you snuck him in. Um, yeah. Any final thoughts on the Denver Broncos roster? Where you want them to go in this draft? No, class? no. I'm 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 excited. I've said my piece. Um, I'd be happy with Fields. the piece on the on with... Drew Locke seemed like it was it needed to be said. It seemed like yeah. Well, I mean, just it's just it's crazy. Like the narrative is like, oh, Denver's done with him. I'm like, I I don't know that they're done with him. I think that if the right opportunity, Deshaun Watson, possibly Justin Fields, came along, yeah. But like, who wouldn't consider that? And a lot a lot of teams would consider that. Um, if they felt that Justin Fields was the second best to Trevor Lawrence, which I think Denver might think. What about a day two quarterback? Do you think they would be comfortable with that? Do yeah. you? Would you be more annoyed by that because you just no. spent so much time with a day two quarterback these last three or four years, and like now you're getting another guy who like eh, maybe he's a fringe starter, but he's not a true starter, I can see like them. a Kellen Mond or a Davis was, Mills. So Kevin Ke- Kellen Mond makes sense. David Mills makes a lot of sense. Stanford guy John Elway is still somewhat involved. So like I, I just think that. I wouldn't be upset if they took them rounds three and on because people draft quarterbacks all the time in those rounds. and They don't really mean anything. I mean, yeah. the Giants were drafting quarterbacks like Nate Davis or like all these guys, like random guys for years, you know, and, and they don't, you know, it's just, it's Belichick drafts quarterbacks every year and like, you know, they never really pan out. Maybe they're a backup. Look at Brissett, you know, played pretty well. Look at, uh, um, he was the, a second round the, pick at a mallet, Ryan mallet when he took him, like, it's just I don't think that's going to send up a lot of red flags. I think if you took up at the high end of the second round, you know, if you take like a Kellen Mond, it might cause some problems. If you take like a Davis Mills a little bit later, because Davis Mills is a guy that maybe if he played more, we'd be talking about him as 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 a top ten pick because there are some people that think that he has a lot of uh, a lot of good traits about him. But, he's also stylistically very different than Drew Locke. Yes, he he's a very quick thrower of the ball uh ran a, an offense where he did get to drop out from under center and the problem with drafting someone like that is maybe it sends mixed signals it's like oh we want somebody different than you yeah which is what confused me with the eagles when they had flacco as a backup but you know that's another story oh with flacco as a backup to hurts yeah 
Why? Uh, Flacco's not winning that job ever. I know, but it's like he's such he a He was different... horrible last year. The he's... Jets were like, oh, no. my God, why'd we do this? No, but it might it might indicate, like, what they like. Like, it's like, oh, they took a veteran, but they took a veteran who plays nothing like Jalen Hurts. And if Jalen Hurts gets hurt and he's a runner and, you know, could get hurt, that you now have to limit your offense or change your offense as opposed to just plugging in somebody who plays a very similar style. I, I think it's more along the lines of we're going to get a – and keep in mind, didn't cost so much to sign Flacco. Yeah. Uh, I think it's more along the concept – I think the they're concept, grasping at straws over there. Yeah, yeah, I think it's part of it is you're, you're grasping at straws. You're seeing if maybe you can recoup this former MVP, you know, uh, Super Bowl-level quarterback who at one point I think uh, somebody said was elite. I don't know who. Um, and then Jalen Hurts, like, you're not – Honestly, don't worry about Flacco competing with Hertz. I think Hertz I, is winning that competition. Yeah, I, I don't in 30 think it's seconds. a competition issue. I think it's a complete and utter difference in style, which might be an indictment on his style. That's what I mean. It's like we want this statue to back you up and you to learn from the statue, maybe because they want him to be more like that. But I don't know if it's going to happen overnight. You kind of have to lean into what Jalen Jalen Hurts does well, and he can be successful, and he can slowly transitioning to developing his pocket skills. But don't completely cut his balls off and and not let him run you know what i mean like you, you have to keep him what he's good at don't neuter him and, and 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 you know try to force him to fit a mold that he's not yet there at i agree which is one of the reasons and i don't it's completely off topic but this is one of the issues between mike shanahan and rg3 mike shanahan didn't say he couldn't become a pocket quarterback but wanted him to gradually transition and still wanted him to run yeah. because that's what he's good at don't you know if it's a skill that you have don't just hide it because you're worried about how people will evaluate you but RG3, his dad, his agent wanted him to be that more role because they wanted him to be protected yes. from injury. And um, I think that's where a lot of the differences came. And I think with a lot of these athletic quarterbacks, they're so worried about fitting into that mold sometimes. It's okay to lean into it. It's okay to lean into it. Yes. And and, and sometimes these evaluators make that mistake too. I agree. Well, I think that's part of we were talking about that before with the, the quarterback evaluation in the strap class. They leaned into it with um, – with Fields and Mac Jones and no, no, but but also like uh, why am I forgetting his name? Baltimore Ravens, Lamar Jackson. Yes. Oh, well, it that works. Was... It can work. Now yes. you can gradually refine his skills in the pocket to protect his longevity. Yes. But you know, I mean, right now, let's get him out of trouble. Don't stand there like a statue and get hit. Take hits you don't need to hit. Take. Yeah. Get out of the pocket. Um. <clears throat> any final thoughts on the AFC West? Um. No. This has been uh, a lot of fun. The AFC West is. An interesting division, to say the least. Yes, you have Herbert coming up. You have uh, the 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 Gruden show. The Gruden show, which is you know Mike Mayocking your draft is always a fun thing to do. They're a big we'll six see. and O team, and then you know. yeah, like <laughs> they do some weird ass shit, and they beat the really good teams, and they lose to the really bad teams, and it's like it doesn't make any sense. Right. And then you have Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs show, which is like, hey, this is That's what's good, the Super Bowl every year, yay! Yep. Um, and then you know. Then you have the Denver Broncos, which talented roster, question a quarterback. I yeah. Mean... Uh, but thanks again. It's great doing this with you. I always love having you on. Uh, if you want, you guys can follow the podcast at DraftVice on Twitter, at DraftVice underscore football on Instagram. You can follow me at B-R-O-J-O. Death is in the end of life. Punch like a delicious drink you drink in the summer. And uh, don't follow Ricky because he gets creeped out by that kind of stuff. Speaking um, of punch, Jorge Masvidal, super necessary. Yes. Um... And then also tune in Thursday night, April 29th, not just for the draft, but for the Draft Vice Live night of the draft. 
both in person in Nanuet, New York, at the Spot Billiards in Nanuet, New York on Route 304, and uh, also on the YouTube, right? It's going to be on the YouTube. You could tune in, and you could be like, oh, my God, this is so fun. These people, it's going to be me, a bunch of stand-up comedians who are kind of into football, uh, an audience maybe if people show up to the Billiards Hall. It could just be us in a Billiards Hall. Um, that, that could happen. But I, I think because it's a Thursday night, we're, we're promoting it. It's a good show. Y'all can come and maybe even get your voice heard on the live stream. And until then, TTFN. Yeah, I'm just I'm just up up this morning, I'm feeling pretty dangerous. I'm about to pass.